everybody. Welcome to another Root Issues Podcast. This is Chris Henderson here, and I'm sitting around the table today with Luke Tornare, yeah. Tornar, hello, and Mr. Steve Woodrow. And we are jumping in to just digging in on the culture and how, I mean, Luke is bringing us some great stuff just because he's a lot younger than us. <laughs> And that's key. That's General Shagap. A lot younger. That's yeah. a lot <laughs> younger. Frighteningly younger. Frighteningly younger. But we're jumping in. We're looking at, Steve started a new series, just, you know, This Is Love. And this week's title was, How Do We Know We Are Walking in God's Light? And we're going to be looking at John, First John, like verses um, 5 through 7. Just this short little nugget, which really calls us out. Steve's going to kind of get us in some summary. Then we're going to kind of look at some of those main points and kind of look at our own journeys yeah. in this are we in the light and i mean that just takes me right back to i want to be in the light <laughs> yeah that was you the are same in song. the light toby mac right well toby yeah but it was dc talk but it was when oh, toby it was, was dc, DC okay. talk yeah right. the cool know. thing is like uh, the name luke actually means light yes it does so, there you yeah. go there you go my um, mom named me luke because god told her to so i always have that like thing to look up to like i i need to be the source of light so that yeah. always kind of inspires me yeah so there you cool. go Awesome. All right, Steve, take us in and kind yeah. of give us a recap. Absolutely. Um, let me just read for us. First John 1, uh, chapter 1, 5 through 7, um, Apostle John says this to the church that was struggling at this time. There's a group of churches he shepherded and was a spiritual father to, and he says this. This is the message we have heard from him, from Jesus, and we proclaim to you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus' his son cleanses us from all sin. So as John does, he crammed a yeah. lot of stuff that it, sure it, into just a few verses there, a lot of theological um, things. But uh, I, I think the question, right, that we're wrestling with here is how do we know that yeah. we're walking in the light? And because John says if we walk in the light, he's in light, we'll have fellowship with one another. That's the koinonia, right? The yeah. fellowship of the body with one another. And there'll be this vibrant gospel reality yeah, of totally. transformed life, forgiveness of sins, freedom, all those things. Um, and so I, I just, we kind of jumped into this with this idea of um, – how did Jesus just engage people? And um, uh, and I think this will flow through some of our discussion. But, uh, you know, Jesus, he, he didn't come ever with formulaic language, yeah. right? I, it wasn't ever just, oh, here's the quote from the wise Jesus type uh-huh. of thing. His language was always very personal, uh, very intimate, and... Um, very relational, right, mm-hmm. and transformative in his language, because he is the way, the truth, and life, yeah. and 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 that is flowing out from him because he is the light of the world. John yeah. says, and in turn, he tells us that we are the light of the world. So that same Holy Spirit fire reality is to come out, and he calls us to be witnesses. He doesn't call us to be all theologians and mm-hmm. know all the answers. He just says, "Go and be my witness." In other words, share what I've done for you. And this is what we have to get back to, right, um, yeah. is just, man, are we, is that light within us, uh, the, the, the reality of that light in us is that it is going to come out and yeah. will be the light of the world. That same not formulaic language, right, here's the right answer, here's the yeah. right answer, here's the theological answer, but um, coming out of us is this sense of when we're talking with somebody like Jesus did, that we move towards them very intimately, we, we, we're present with them, yeah. we show we love them, and the three words 
we're kind of throwing out, especially yeah. as we're launching Alpha and everything, is this idea of, man, we need to learn uh, with people to listen well, mm-hmm. right? Jesus yeah. listened, he, and, and that just shows we love and we're concerned for people. Yeah. And then from there, rather than uh, you know trying to fix you or give you the right answer or whatever, kind of, this is unfortunately very Western, yeah. right? Um, very intellectual, and it's crept into the church. Yeah. So we need to listen well, and then we need to ask great questions. Uh-huh. And questions that are not just, again, you know, ones I've been given, but, man, I, do I care about your soul? If yeah. I do, right, you know when someone cares about you generally yeah. because they show interest. And those questions, they're asking you about you. They're not just talking about themselves the whole time, right? Mm-hmm. And the third one is um, is to love them. Yeah. And, and this is a partnership with the Holy Spirit. And that's what Jesus did. And um, so this tying in, this how's that light? If I know I'm walking with God, right? what's the evidence of that? And we just threw those three words out there to yeah. think about, man, am I listening well like Jesus did? Yeah. Am I calling upon the Spirit? Lord, mm-hmm. show me what's going on here. What are you doing in this situation yeah. with it? What does this person need? What are the right questions that need? And this is, of course, where the spiritual gifts come in, right? Yeah, Word of knowledge, everything yeah. else, right? Everything. Give me something to crack open. This is what Jesus modeled for us. Woman at the well, go down the list, right? And then we ask great questions, yeah. right? And then finally, it's like, Lord, show me how to just love this yeah. person. What does love, after what I've heard from them, uh-huh. our engagement, what does love look like? Yeah. What, 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 what now would you ask me to do to love this person the next step? Make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So that just kind yeah. of gets us into this, um, you know, we had four things we looked at, but that yeah. kind of gets us launched in. So. Yeah, no, and I mean, when we look at that, like one of the first statements that you made, you know, when we look at like, you know, slides and the things that you really wanted to hit people with, it says this, it says, to follow Jesus in discipleship, we need to understand the nature of God. And I mean, you know, and I mean, that gets into your foundation series. Like, you know, if we miss up something in Genesis, you know, one, two, three, we're going to get everything else wrong. But I mean, it's like, this is even more pivotal. Like, if we don't understand God's nature, then it's so hard for us to even move forward, right? you know, in our relationships. And so... I mean, Luke, I'm just going to throw this out to you. Like, you know, when you think about like your cult, your generation, your age group and the kids and the young adults that you run with, like outside of the church body and inside the church body, I'm like, how many of them could say they like fully understand God's nature? Yeah, I think I think a lot of them have God like they imagine what God's nature is and they okay. almost tell God this is your nature and this is okay. like how much I'm going to follow you. Like these are the rules I'll listen to and these are the ones that, you know. You know, you can interpret that differently for yeah, everyone. Absolutely, you know, you yeah. Just take that apart however you want. So just kind of like, you know, making, like we were talking about, which is like justice, mm-hmm. giving God, giving ourselves our own justice system in a way. Yeah. Um, but a lot of times too, like, you know, they they feel they feel guilty, mm-hmm. but then our culture just comes around them so much like, oh, grace, don't even worry about it. Don't yeah. even worry about just fixing grace. it. Yeah. Just, just keep living that way mm-hmm. and you'll be fine. So it's just grace, 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 grace without any true true love you can almost say yeah. there's no there's no true love there Luke, yeah. what would you say uh, i think with again your generation let's just say what is the and when you talk about where do they go you think to find out who god is yeah primarily what what's influencing them um the most where do they run to to find answers like that yeah well i mean my situation from my parents which is amazing and yeah. that's i think brought Fantastic. me i'm super blessed for that but sadly a lot of kids they'll get it from it's, I think it's really different for everybody, but I think in this culture, a lot of social media right. can play a big part in it. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, again, where all that grace comes from, because that's what a lot of people are just talking about. Right. Yeah. Um, a lot of people, you know, they'll read the Bible, but they won't 
read all of it, which leaves a lot of questions. And again, like they won't research that for themselves. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just like with, with all the information that young kids get these days, yeah. they don't actually research it themselves. They just, they hear it, they either believe it or they believe the other video that says the other thing people are yeah. wrong. So it's just, they pick and choose what they want to believe most likely whatever fits their lifestyle the best. And that's what they run with. And, and so to apply our three words, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, Luke, but I think what, what's so neat, it just reveals, doesn't it? What is so needed today. And I mean, all generations, but let's focus on your generation, mm-hmm. the younger generation is they need someone to love them. In other words, listen to them. Well, right. Yeah. There's tell me what's going on. Secondly, someone to ask them really great questions, mm-hmm. why they believe what they believe. Yeah. Right? The younger kids are always turned off if you tell them something, right? Yeah. Right. But if you ask them things like I always say, like, don't ever necessarily tell someone about jesus but ask them about jesus right have them be like right ask me you know or not even about jesus but like you know what what do you believe yeah and there's a lot of questions you can start off with but just having a conversation and not telling someone what to do is i I mean i think just expose and you know ask them well where do you why do you believe that and where did you get that from and well i googled it or whatever and then say well do you trust that do you trust that Mm -hmm. you're willing to base your life and eternity on that you know and and try to lead them right Mm -hmm. to uh uh uncover you know i think some of the explore you know explore their soul and hopefully just again have the spirit show us how to love them right yeah. through that process you i know? mean generation z is known as the fact checkers but the thing is they don't check their facts from where they get their facts yeah. and so it can still just be somebody's state of an opinion right. on something or maybe that's the way this person interpreted it but that person had no business interpreting it and so they just run with it and so i'm always telling my kids like tiktok is not a trusted news source <laughs> You know, shocker. Most yeah, shocker that we read or see these yeah. days aren't trusted. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. And I mean, that's a whole other thing. But I mean, like for me, like generationally, like growing up, I mean, I was told what God's nature was. I was told from the pulpit. I was told in Sunday school. You know, my parents lived by that. I was told that if I was part of this family, then this is how we live because this is God's nature toward us. You know, and there was definitely a lot more fire and brimstone. You know, the grace was there, but yet it was never anything to be taken for granted mm-hmm. you know like I'm, I'm blessed that i have grace because i chose to do that right. could have been a lot worse and so you know my generation it was totally different steve i know you mm-hmm. came from a whole nother background mm-hmm. you know just you know and we're going to get more into that but like when you think about like when did you feel like i, I got an understanding of god's nature mm-hmm. i know god yeah, obviously that's a process. Um, but, yeah. uh, uh, yeah, growing up, you know, we, we, we went to church. My testimony is that they, we thought we were good Christians. Uh-huh. And, and then this is where God brought some people into our lives. Yeah. In my mom and dad's lives that, that showed, no, you, you're, you just know formula. You know religion. You mm-hmm. don't know who Jesus is. And yeah. when, right? God hit uh, through those loving neighbors. Uh, man, they brought my mom and dad in, hence uh, my sister and I to faith um, yeah. in that process. And, and that was at a unique time when there were some great revivals going on. I remember going to revivals. I remember seeing people healed in front of me. Uh, there was a fire for a hunger for God, a hunger for all my buddies. I mean, we it wasn't like nobody was dragging us to church. Absolutely, and yeah. Was, we went, it was a vibrant time, a phenomenal youth group, uh, uh, our children's in middle school, the whole thing. And uh, we saw the reality of God there and mighty things, right, happen. Uh, um, and then we moved, right, and, and then um, it, it moved to more, got involved in mega church, and some of that vitality just kind of drifted. It became more formulaic. Uh, yeah. Um, 
you know. Uh, and then I went into the intellectual thing, right? Yes. And we could move through seminary and all yeah. that. And then coming out of that was been a restoration now of this full circle of, wow, uh, yeah. the reality of who God is, right? So uh, I was fortunate that early on, I I saw a, a just in the testimony of what happened in our family with my mom and dad moving being saved out of a out of Christianity Christian religion mm-hmm. into a vibrant knowing of God just yeah. that radical change in my parents in the in the environment in our home was enough to say wow this is this is God at work right because yeah. immediately things started changing yeah. and um, so I have a quick question there. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you said these people came to your house and mm. they kind of took you out of religion into faith almost like yeah. how, how did they do that? Cause I know you talked about, about like, yeah. you know, judging each other as believers and kind of like mm-hmm. what, what kind of standards we hold each other up to. So mm-hmm. how, how do they do that? Cause I feel like if you're a really religious family, it's kind of hard to, you know, be told you're wrong in a way almost. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, uh, yeah it, absolutely. And, um, you know, oh, there's there's some funny stories here, but they, they, <laughs> and they surely didn't do everything right. But okay. uh, like it began with they came over like one time, one night. Yeah. The, so it was a, a Bible study of another church in in our neighbor's house that was that, they were inviting my mom and dad into, and mom and dad were like, ah, yeah. wait a minute, we already go to church. Bible we don't study go to that, church. that happens in church. It doesn't yeah. happen in the home, you know. I mean, yeah. just this very religious mm-hmm. kind of high church yeah. type of view. Well, these people kept pressing in on them, and one, and I just might hear my dad. Tell the story is hilarious, but they they came over one. They were teetotalers. I mean, they came over and they thought, "Oh, there's this." They poured all my dad's alcohol out. You know, uh, I mean, it was just this crazy. My dad, what is going on here? And, and he didn't know. Kind of like he thought, "Well, maybe that." You know, and it's just so many wild stories. But they kept at it, and uh, and somehow they didn't blow my mom and dad right out of there because they did. Outside of the alcohol, they did love them well. Yeah. And uh, they kept inviting. Finally, my mom did. They kind of just wore out, and they went. And uh-huh. um, and they thought, wow, this is this is kind of cool. And, yeah. and it was they experienced that relational, real, not this dishonest spirituality, not religion, but yeah. people just being honest before God, and they sensed the spirit of God there. Yeah. And, and it wasn't, uh, but a few uh, times actually visiting when they were asked, um, they heard testimony, they saw people come to faith, uh-huh. and, and on the same night they both got on their knees and and made it real. Made and, it real. Uh, and they and. Everything changed. We changed churches. We changed the atmosphere in our house. Everything yeah. changed. My how we talked about God. My mom led me to the Lord. I mean, mm-hmm. and she led me with a testimony of just let me tell you what I've met Him. Yeah, I met Jesus. I want you to you know type of thing. And um, so yeah, that was that was kind of our our journey. Wow. You know, yeah, that's cool. Go. Oh. And so, I mean, as we process this out there for, you know, our listeners, like, you know, it is a journey, you know, because our next question that we kind of statement that Steve brought up, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a dinger. It's a tough one, you know, because it's like, you know, be open to having our dishonest spirituality exposed by the light. Because, I mean, if we're moving into the light, as First John's talking about, then that light's going to expose darkness. And so, you know, we've, we've been talking about just like, what is our spiritual journey to understanding the actual nature of God? And so when we look at that, then we've got to realize like there may be things in us that we assume are part of the light, but yet 
it's just going through the motions. It's it's checking off the boxes. And even in your own self, as you're listening, you're thinking, yeah, like, I just don't feel it. Like, I just hear what Steve said. Like, his mom and dad, like, radically changed on a dime, and everything was different in the home. The atmosphere in the home was changed. Well, that was because they moved into the light. And so how do we, like, go about, like, you know, and when we talk about, like, dishonesty, we're not talking about, like, you're choosing to hide something, but maybe you just don't know what's real, what's going through the motions and i mean you know there are tons of christian artists out there who've written songs about just don't want to go through the motions anymore i want the you know but i think that's like maybe the hardest question to answer is like how do we get into just this honest relationship with god Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i think for me most of my life is spent in almost not a real relationship because the only time i really feel like i'm there doing it with them is when when i'm in uncomfortable situations Uh uh-huh when things are real, when the stakes are high, mm-hmm. when you really can't count on yourself. Yeah. When you have to count on God, that's when it feels real. And I think it's very scary to get in those positions. Mm-hmm. But the times that I have gone into those situations, it's like, wow, you can really feel it's not you speaking. It's something mm-hmm. inside you. The yeah. knowledge that you're getting is something you didn't even know about. And it's just, yeah. it's an incredible feeling and it, it wants you to do more of it. So mm-hmm. it's pretty awesome. That's great. That's great. Yeah, I, you know, and I think dishonest spirituality is, I think it's something that, uh, it's a culture that takes over a church, right? Uh-huh. It, 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 it is something we have to, uh, um, call it, you know, the old saying that's all through the Bible, you know, is, um, or it says it in many different ways, but nothing hidden can be healed. Yeah. Right. So if I hide something, this goes for anything. If I'm not willing to shed light or be exposed, a thought or a past, something I did yeah. or whatever, there isn't healing to that, right? Mm-hmm. And and so I I, I I can't remember if I threw this out on a Sunday morning or not, but for me, the great example of this in our culture is just how we throw John 3.16 around, right? Absolutely. Everybody wants John 3.16. Mm-hmm. The problem is we don't read the rest of the context. Yeah. So our culture loves, oh, God is love. He's loving. He so loved the world, that yeah. any, you know, which is very true. But let me read the rest of the context, yeah, absolutely. right? Because it, it defines this. So this is John 3, and this is the Apostle John, again, yeah. who wrote the epistle as well as the gospel. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. We hear that. We see it at football games and yeah. everything. We love God's yeah. love. We love eternal life. Um, we kind of pass over that, you know, so we won't perish, right? Yeah. But next, this is the context of that. Mm-hmm. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people loved darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come into the light, lest his works should be exposed. For whoever does what is true comes into the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. That is honest spirituality. Mm-hmm. And those last verses are the yeah, yeah. ones that, unfortunately, we're a John 3.16 culture, but we're not a whole gospel picture, yeah. right? We don't want the judgment idea. We don't want this idea of the exposing ourselves, every bit of my, my being, my thoughts, and, and evil intent, right? Yeah. And have the light of God shed, you know, bring, though that is the only way to get healing and yeah. ultimately um, – breakthrough with the gospel and healing forgiveness mercy all of those things no absolutely and i mean i think that's like one of the statements you know that is in that section is just talking about like 
you know, you you can't love the light and the dark. And then I think that's really what maybe holds people back. Like, they don't understand this full gospel message of transformation. Like, it is transformation. And some people transform on the, you know, the spot of a dime. And then other people transform in a longer curve. But there's transformation where you're leaving what is not pleasing to God and moving closer to God. And so when we look at, like, you know, what is the nature of God? I mean, one word, what is the nature of God? Well, I think one word. glory. Okay. What's, what's your one word for the nature of God? Love. Okay. And then for me, I would say like redemption. Like, sure. you know, and so, I mean, like, you know, when we look at it, like, so like for you, the listeners, like, you know, what is your one word that you define God? Does it fit into the gospel package? Yeah. You know, or is it just something that's like just so isolated that you can't grow it like redemption you can grow you know glory you can grow love you can grow those things grow something else out of it um your last statement was how do we like embrace the gospel and its power to forgive and transform and so i mean i would say most people embrace the gospel for forgiveness of sins but then they fall short on the transforming. And so what I would want to hear from you, Luke, is just a little more about like getting in those uncomfortable moments mm-hmm. because I would call those transformation moments where I got to depend on God because I really have no idea what I'm doing here. Yeah. So like maybe help our listeners kind of understand that process. Well, it takes trust first off. So uh-huh. you have to have faith um, or you're kind of just, you know, going to fail. Um, so I think you got to start out with understanding that the dark place is not a good spot to be at. Uh-huh. And that's very hard because culture and really mu- pretty much everything around you says darkness is good. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're very comfortable in the dark, almost born into the darkness, right? Yeah. And so then just slowly trying to get to being in that light and kind of the only way to get out of there is to have that radical switch. Mm-hmm. And so it takes a almost a leap of faith, I guess you could say. And that is getting into those uncomfortable moments and trusting in God and believing in what he said. Um, so I guess getting there, I mean, it's, I can't really narrow it down to one thing I feel like, but it's a, it's a journey. I think it's, Absolutely. yeah, it's, it's learning. Um, and then it's, it's just going for it. So I think it, it helps a lot to be in community. So you're yeah. not, so you're having people help you out of the darkness. Yeah. Let me throw this question out, Luke. What do you think? Um, what would make you know, like you said, everybody loves the darkness, right? And, mm-hmm. and though they might not call it darkness or see this darkness, but what we, I think, what we've done so wrong in the church, right, is we've just don't, 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 you know, be a person of the night. Don't yeah. do this, right? The don'ts. Rather than showing right people, actually, there's something better than the darkness. Yeah. There's this light. There's this wonderful life and a some, There's a better party, right? Yep. And and what do you think that that bridge? What is it we're missing in that bridge of of revealing the witness? There's there's a better party over here. There's something mm-hmm. a lot better than all that the darkness has to offer. I think it's just seeing transformation in other people's lives. Mm. That's a big thing. And I almost like thinking of it like they don't, yeah, like you said, they don't live thinking in living in darkness. It's almost like you're, you're locked into a house for your whole life and all you know is artificial light, right? Yeah. So there's, you can see, you understand some things, but that moment where you're walking out into the sun mm-hmm. to a source of light that can actually grow you to a source of light that can actually give you warmth uh-huh. and that can give you life. That's when, that's when you really understand what you've been missing out on. It's great. Enough. And yeah. so I think it's just really experiencing that warmth and that love. 
And that happens through community, through trusting and opening that door to the outside world and walking out and feeling, yeah. feeling that warmth. It's great. You know, so yeah. So for both of y'all, as we kind of just unpackage that and land this thing, you know, for you, for like the people that you, you know, shepherd here at the church, the people that you minister with and to other people that are in your young adult age, you know, like how do they like it's universal. So we can't just say it's the young people and mm-hmm. we can't just say it's the old people, but the, the concept of being able to love oneself, how do you tie that into the gospel? Like for me, it's like, I know God loves me. So therefore I love me. You know, I mean, I'm, I, I genuinely care for me. I like me. But I think that there is such a, a darkness that people are living in that they don't really understand the value of themselves. Mm-hmm. And they haven't fully accepted that in part of the transformation of the gospel. And so how, how do you process that with people here at the church or other people mm-hmm. that you've ministered to? Yeah, it's a big question. But this is, this is I think, kind of subject 101, okay. right? And, and part of uh, teaching the gospel, right, is is the importance of identity, who yeah. we are in Christ. So this is back to the nature of yeah. God issue, is what is God's nature? And boy, it, it, understanding how God sees me, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. that's where faith comes in. So the, ultimately, this is, it boils down, no matter how many Bible studies, no matter how many counseling sessions, no matter yeah. how many whatever, it comes down to, am I going to take a step of faith to believe what the Bible says God thinks about me yeah. or am I going to continue to hold on to the baggage of what somebody said over me mm-hmm. or happened to me or whatever yeah. that is a faith that's the transformation there ultimately and we've been we've thrown a thousand things in there to try to fix this yeah. identity issue only the gospel solves this yeah. issue and the only solution is I have to make a break I have to step out I have to say no I'm thrusting myself on trust and that's where that personal thing is Jesus yeah. this is hard I've had a lot of trauma I have all these you know things yeah. in my head about what I am my failure blah 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 but I'm gonna I'm gonna lay hold of that yeah. and to stay there right that is uh, gospel formation. Yeah. So somebody needs to walk with me and continue to remind me the truth and replace those lies. Yeah. All right. For you and the younger generation, it all comes down to purpose. I think. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's where I always relate everything back that happens in the world, especially our generation back to purpose. They have no uh-huh. purpose. And when you have no purpose, you have, I mean, there's really nothing to live for. Right. Yeah. So whatever you do doesn't really matter whoever you love doesn't really matter. Like it really nothing matters. And so once you, once you can understand that God is real and Mm -hmm. that you are his son and daughter and you almost get purpose put upon you. Yes, absolutely. That's when everything changes when you know you have value and that you're on this earth for a reason Yeah, and that there's change that you can initiate and that there's a responsibility. Yeah. And because anything without purpose, there's no value to it. Yeah. But now you have value because you have Jesus. And that's excellent. Uh, and I, I'll just throw this out for you to comment on because this is that's the crux issue, isn't it? Mm-hmm. The idea that I was created actually for God's purpose. Mm-hmm. And to follow him means I need to lay down what I think is my purpose. Yeah. yeah. Right? Uh, Romans eight twenty eight. right? Yeah. For all those who've loved God and been called according to his purpose, all things work together for yeah. good. Right? Yeah. So. Uh, maybe just address that, that verse is taken out of context a lot too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everything's going to work out. You know? It taken way out of context. You know? We miss that of those who called according and love him, right? Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, well, just some thoughts. Just that huge faith 
uh, breakthrough where I'm living for his, we're looking for him, to him mm-hmm. for purpose, rather than really trying to right rough it out my own. I'm, this is what I'm doing. I think that has been the hardest thing for me personally is, first off, being able to give up my purpose, that mm-hmm. what I think is my purpose and yeah. what I think is my success and what I think, you know, define success almost, to being like, okay, God, I'll follow what you say I do. That's mm-hmm. so hard to do. And then even just knowing that's right, it's like almost not enough because then you have to like figure out what yeah. is that thing. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, there's all, for me, there's almost so many doors. They all seem like <laughs> the right door to go through. Yeah. And so it's just like having faith, but then also not overthinking it too. I yeah. think a lot of people overthink it a lot yeah. where it's like, okay, I need, God has this exact plan for my life where I have to have this job, maybe this exact person. Yeah. Find my exact soulmate where it's like, no, God just wants you. He wants you to love others and love him most of all. Right. And then, you know, through that, everything will kind of fall into place yeah. and we don't have to overthink it. We don't have to go through every situation and spend, you know, 500 hours praying over and then uh, we end up just not doing anything anyways. Yeah. So it's just kind of like, yeah, it's, it's trusting him and obeying him on the basic level and he'll take care of the rest, I think. It's yeah. fantastic. Well, something taught me long ago that just made this whole what is God's will thing just click for me. It's mm-hmm. just what you were just saying is that what God reveals in his Bible, I don't need to worry about like all the details. Ah, what job am I going to do? Is that those things flow naturally yeah. in, in God leading me when I'm obedient to what the scripture says. And mm-hmm. so God says he's called us, right? Yeah. He's called us. He will justify us. He glorifies, us, right? Yeah. So in other words, it, 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 the Bible says it is his will that we're transformed to the likeness of his son. Yeah. And so if that's my, if I'm being obedient, right, and trying to conform to and obey his commandments to abide in him, all yeah. these other questions, right, they blow up and yeah. it becomes a peaceful, adventurous journey of, Lord, I'm with you, right? And that's the door that opens up the, this, the hearing God, right, and leading us supernaturally yeah. when I just focus on those initial commands, right? Yeah. And I think that's the word used right there, adventure. It's mm. not comfort and it's not, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's an adventure. It's not going to be comfortable all the time and it might even kill you, but mm-hmm. there's purpose in adventure and there's yeah. excitement in that and there's fulfillment in that. So, yeah. Who wants comfort, right? Ultimately, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll uh, play, play, we all do, but yeah. ultimately we don't want that. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, come on. We yeah. want more than that. All right. Well, I mean, you know, as we keep going after this, you know, this is love in the series. We're going to be digging in deeper, but I think just to encourage all listeners, you know, everybody out there now, it's like it is get into the adventure, you know, and then, you know, as Luke said, don't overthink it, but, you know, just have your thoughts be with God and on God. And then, you know, for sure, it is a much bigger adventure when you're in community yep. and when you're just on a solo ride. Um, hey, thanks so much for listening. Uh, you can always reach out, ask us any questions at, root issues at ccasman.com and then thank you for your midweek jolt and we'll be back here next week see you next time